This is 251 Now with Kelly Finley, the go-to place for what's happening in our local community. Presented by Spring Hill College and the Mobile County Health Department. The businesses you need to know about, local artists to support, restaurants to visit, community leaders making a difference, local topics you and your friends are talking about now. Good Sunday morning and welcome to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. I'm Kelly Finley. You know, I love talking to you every Sunday. I love introducing you or reintroducing you sometimes to our local leaders, people doing big things, and it's especially amazing when it's a fellow Michigander that I get to bring into the house. (laughs) It's like our reunion each year. You get to hear from him and uh, learn more about all the family fun coming your way. Uh, If I could have my guest introduce himself, tell you which organization he's with, and we get right to the conversation at hand. Yeah. Hey, Kelly. uh, Great to see you again. It's Jim Nagy with the Reese's Senior Bowl. Uh, Excited to be back down here. Uh, Feels like it doesn't feel like a year ago. I I was here and... and, uh, you know, and we're excited about bringing back all the events. I know we're in a little bit of a weird time now. It's kind of the ever-changing COVID landscape, but we are not in full-blown shutdown mode like we were a year ago where we just had practice in a game. So, yeah, excited to talk about it. And you kind of sort of moved to a new stadium <laughs> within that year or so. And many people have never been to the Senior Bowl. Many have. But everyone has the question of what can they expect with the entire experience this year? Yeah. So we were there last year um, because... Because of COVID, only at a quarter capacity. Right. So we're like 6,200, something roughly like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great. And it and it it felt different. I mean, you've got you've got this massive jumbotron and LED ribbons, and it's a, it's a state of the art facility. So um, again, it's sometimes it's 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 touchy for me talking about it because mm-hmm. it feels like if you're if you're praising Hancock Whitney Stadium in the in you know this great new location, you you, you know you're kind of speaking negatively about Lad Stadium. I don't want it to come across that way because I'm I glad mean, you said that. Lad was a great facility for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it served our game great. And there's a lot of history there. And I'm very sensitive to that. And I'm very sensitive to the neighborhood that it was in. That's right. Um, we talked about that last year. You yeah. know, that that's that to me is like, I didn't take that lightly. Um, but in terms of serving the NFL and the needs of our players, it was a move we felt like we had to make. Um, and what we're excited about this year, we couldn't have tailgating last year. We couldn't activate around the stadium. So it was a little sterile outside the stadium, even though it felt great inside the stadium. Well, now we can we can blow it out. Um, <laughs> we've got great tailgating. We've got, we're going to have um, you know a concert stage outside uh, with, with a concert. We've got tons of different we have fan activations outside the stadium. So it really should feel like a, a college football Saturday. Um, you know, if you were at Auburn or Alabama or Baton Rouge, wherever, you know, wherever Uh you like to go to your games on Saturdays, it should have that feel. And we're, we're fired up about that. I'm so happy that you pointed out all that you have thus far, because I, I, Agree, and I understand we're downtown dwellers and love Lad People Stadium and love the new stadium, and it's about embracing both for what they stood for, what they stand for, and the opportunities it brings about from an NFL standpoint, but more importantly from from a local standpoint. So, you know, this is like the first year where everyone, where you know, it's wide open, like you said, and mm-hmm. I mean, you really put all the X's and O's into this one. Yeah, no, it's it's been a it's been a long time coming. Now we've had a couple years to plan. Last year was a nice dry run. Yep. You know, was really like a like a walkthrough practice for us you know at the stadium uh, we had to we we pulled the game off but again there's obviously you go through something once there's things like you need to tweak that's right um 
You know, and I guess the biggest thing this year, we got to get through parking. Like, what's traffic going to look like um, at a full stadium at Lad? That's at, a good at, problem at to have, so, 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 yeah, no, so it's it's great. You know, we put a lot into this year's game. We're, we're really excited about the roster. Here we are. We're, we're pretty full. Um, we're really just waiting on a couple of juniors that are going to be eligible for the game that they, they can play in the game. Now, even though it's a senior bowl, some people don't know we can have juniors. I, um, I don't think I knew that. If they If they have their diplomas. Um, yeah, that rule changed about seven or eight years ago. We okay. we ended up having sixteen juniors in last year's game, which helps our rosters out a ton. They're really they're usually really good players. When you have those juniors, they also can play too, yeah. not just suit up. They can no. play. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They they're down here full participants. And again, how could the NCAA or the NFL stand in the way of a kid who who accomplished what he did when he went to school? I mean, you go to school to get your degree, right? That's right. So if they get their degree, why are you holding them up? So no, we, we're going to get those guys. And that's really the mode we're in right now. We're just waiting on a couple of those guys. But the rosters are, are great. You know, we, we set a record last year. We had 106 players drafted, which was 41% of last year's entire NFL draft class. Um, we've never, we'd never hit triple digits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think this year's roster might be better. Um, so it's uh, we're excited about it. You've got all these numbers that you can crunch. And for those who've never had the pleasure of meeting you and understand your background, you said NFL a couple of times. Uh, you have a bit of experience from that lane. Share that with us. Yeah. So, you know, prior to coming to this job, which, uh, you know, I took, we spoke off air about being a family decision. We'd been here for since 2007, my family and I. Um, and when this job came open in the Senior Bowl, it was really something, a no-brainer to go after. I mean, I didn't know if I'd get it or not, but um, thankfully they hired me. Um, <laughs> but now I spent 18 years in the NFL prior to coming to the Senior Bowl and, and was very fortunate to be a part of six Super Bowl teams and um, four Super Bowl winning teams. And so it was a great experience. But again, we... Um, you know, you have young kids and, and you have a wife and that's a hard life living, you know, living that NFL lifestyle is mm-hmm. not, is not great on a family. It's really quality of life is, um, not the best. Um, so this, this job was just too good to pass up. And, um, and again, I draw on those NFL contacts every day. I mean, I'm calling I'm in constant contact with the NFL teams and the league office. And, um, so I really don't know how anyone has had this job in the past without having an NFL background. I know my predecessor, Phil Savage was the GM of the Cleveland Browns and, and he did a great job in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, but like going forward, um, I don't know how the, the senior bowl can go back to a place where they don't have someone from the NFL because I just, I don't know how I could do it. I'm, uh, I'm constantly on the phone with NFL folks on a daily basis. So yeah, no backpedaling here. Um, you know, you mentioned those numbers, you mentioned those relationships and you go on your website, which is so great. It's chock full of information. I pulled these stats, um, more than 900 NFL personnel, including key decision makers from all 32 teams. You've also had more than 700 media members from around around the country that come to this city. Um, this past year, there were six senior bowlers drafted in the first round, 35 uh, through the first three rounds, and 106 total picks, as you mentioned, representing 41% of the entire 2021 NFL draft. Yeah. No, those are those are, those are are good numbers. We don't want to rest on our past, but we're no. always looking ahead. But no, though, we take a lot of pride in it. Um, Kelly, you know, I think it's something um, I hope our city appreciates, you know, what we bring to the economy. We haven't done an impact study of, you know, economic impact study since 2015. Um, And back then it was $32 million for that week that we bring to the local economy. So, again, that's a big responsibility. And I know that number is north of 40 right now. I mean, that was seven years ago Mm -hmm. and the game's grown exponentially in in four years. I mean, just even look at what we've done on social media, um, you know, in 2018 when, when we got there. Um, I think for that year, we were at like 16 million impressions on social media this year were 
um, over 350 million impressions. And your team that's that's tweeting and posting is made up of how many people? Um, just myself and a, and a guy named Dave Rogers. Um, but we do. <laughs> that's my point. Well, the, the best thing is we, we hashtag everything the draft starts in Mobile. Um, that's kind of been our mantra over the last few years. That we really want to make the Senior Bowl synonymous with the city of Mobile. So, I mean, literally 95% of our tweets that go out have the word Mobile in there. Um, and again, when you're reaching 350 million eyeballs in a year, I mean, that's just getting the word out about our city and that's important to us. And that's why we want to keep this game strong in Mobile because um, we know what it means. We know what it means to our economy. Love forward thinking organizations and leaders and, and people who get it. And, and that leads me to the HBCU experience. Um, this combine coming up, it, it this is going to be so special. Tell us why. And, you know, couple that with, uh, you know, a lot of people learning about the HBCU um, just the, the the acronym, thanks to Primetime himself, who has brought the conversation, you know, to the forefront for the NFL, for the parents, for the families, and for the students. Yeah, Deion Sanders at Jackson State's done an awesome job. Uh, and you're right. Like, it's it's amazing to me how many people don't even know what HBCU stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, that's what's come out of the last couple of years in our country. I think there's more awareness to it. Um, when we announced the HBCU Combine coming to Mobile, um, it's an NFL sanctioned event. It's senior bowl is not, I mean, we get our coaches from the NFL, but that's not an NFL sanctioned event. That's our own event. This is something the NFL looked at mobile Alabama and said, that's the right place for this event. So we're excited about that. Um, you know, just from our announcement over the summer, um, just the outpouring of, you know, fraternities and alumni chapters and former players that went to HBCU. Like everyone wants to be involved. There's so much passion behind the culture. We're excited it's coming here to Mobile. Um, I think we've got some exciting things. Maybe I could hop on another show as we get closer to the The invite is there. It's going to be January 28th and 29th out at Hancock, you know, out at the campus at South Alabama. Um, And what we're trying to do is make it more than just these player workouts. I mean, that's really the core part of it is bringing a lot of these HBCU players to Mobile and getting them in front of the 32 NFL clubs. Um, I think I think it's going to be a great opportunity for them not just to show off what they can do physically, but also interview Mm -hmm. and tell these scouts and these teams like where they came from. To me, that's from being a former scout. That's where I got invested in players. That's when I really felt convicted about guys I wanted on my football team is when I sat across from them and I heard where they came from and how they were raised and the struggles that they went through. That's the good stuff. And right now, a lot of these HBCU players don't get that opportunity. Um, you know, if you're at a big school like Auburn and Alabama, you get that shot. I mean, you, you have a pro day at those campuses and, and every scout from every team goes to those things. Whereas like if you're at a, if you're at a Grambling or you're at an Alcorn State or a, a FAMU, you might not get that chance. So this is this is for those guys. You know, this is for those guys. We'll have all 32 teams in town for the Senior Bowl. And now they're just going to come in a couple of days early and be here for the HBCU Combine. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're excited about it. And what's really exciting is you're hearing more players choose to go to um, an HBCU, giving them an, an opportunity to be able, which helps to elevate that university or that college, historically black, of course, um, in ways that they over time, a lot of times get passed over. Right. No. And I think the key thing is resources for those programs. Um, again, I don't think the NFL is ignoring these players by any means. If they can play, if you can play, the NFL is going to find you. I mean, I just look at our game over the last two years. We've had two Division three players in the Senior Bowl the last couple of years that have went in the third and the fourth round of the NFL draft. And Division three, that's like, I mean, that's almost glorified high school ball. And I say that lovingly because a lot of my great best friends from high school play Division three football. Um, 
But, I mean, if they're being found at the Division three level, they are being found at HBCUs. But I think the spotlight on HBCUs and a guy like Deion, like Coach Prime going to Jackson State and Eddie George going to Tennessee State mm-hmm. and now Hugh Jackson, the former Cleveland Browns head coach, is at Grambling. I mean, that's just, again, there's more. There's going to be more resources pumped in. There's going to be more. So then you're talking about facilities upgrades and, and, and better recruiting. I mean, players are going to want to go places where they have great facilities. So when all this infrastructure starts to build, then you're going to see the shift. Then mm-hmm. you're going to see more and more good players. Like we just saw at Jackson State, you know, Coach Prime just signed the top player in the country that was going to, he flipped him from Florida State to Jackson State. That's a big deal. That's incredible. Yeah, it's a huge <laughs> deal. And again, I think that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg. I think we're going to start seeing the momentum going in that way. But again, it's exciting because we're like right now at the HBCU Common Coming to Mobile, we're on the front end of this thing. You know, we we hope to grow with it, you know, and, and, uh, so no, it's just it's something you know we're we're a little about three weeks away right now, but we're we, we we just we're excited to get all these players here and all the teams down here and um, and really celebrate the culture with them. Love that, love this conversation. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how does Jim and his staff of less than five have all these stats? Like, how do they know what they know? How do they do it? Also, how you can catch the game, whether in person or of course from an NFL Network standpoint. That's a little hint. And more of your questions being answered coming back after a quick break on 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Welcome back to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. So, um, you know, I love news, of course. I'm a news anchor, but really my secret passion was always sports. So the fact that I get to talk some football <laughs> with my friend Jim and Nagy, and we're talking about the Senior Bowl. I mean, we're weeks away from an exciting time for the city. And I wanted to know, um, for people who want to purchase their tickets, um, how do they go about that? Or for those who want to watch from afar? Yeah, tickets, seniorbowl.com, real easy. Um, and we moved into the the 21st century, 22nd century, um, where I have e-tickets now. We're not, yeah, up until this past year, we've been printing everything on paper. Um, Uh. so you can go to seniorbowl.com and get your tickets. Um, I'll say a couple things when it comes to that. We are down. I mean, we're less than a third of the stadium left. Um, that was the difference in the move. I mean, Lad Stadium at 40,000, we're at 25,000 now. Oh, wow. Um, but what was really important in, in our, we, I want to stress this, like, I wanted this to be an affordable ticket. You know, I didn't want to make a move to the Hancock Whitney and then price out our community. So over half of the stadium is less than $18. Um, and there is a, there, there is a huge chunk of $12 tickets, which in comparison, I'll just use this frame of reference. My son played high school football this year. They were lucky enough. His team made the playoffs and for a high school, Alabama high school athletic association playoff game, mm-hmm. you pay $11. Oh yeah. So yeah. for us to be bringing in, um, all this great, you know, future NFL stars to the game, uh-huh. we have the FAMU marching band, the marching 100 this <gasps> Ooh, year. So that's goodness. a big one. Uh-huh. Um, they're going to be doing a fifth quarter event after the game, which we're excited about. Um, all the mascots from around the country. So to, to bring all that in for only a dollar more than what you'd pay to go to see um, UMS right against Sarah Land. There you go. Um, I like the way you brought in the local. <laughs> <laughs> then it, I, I mean, I feel like I feel like it is affordable for, yeah. for our entire community, and that's important. I mean, look what we pay for a cup of coffee at whatever store or you know coffee Co- coffee spot. So, um, so we we left off at talking about HBCU. Now that you you talked about the difference of date, January twenty eighth, twenty eighth and twenty okay. ninth. The players will arrive the twenty eighth. They'll do a bunch of interviews and okay. meet with teams. Um, and then all the, the workouts are out at, uh, at South Alabama on the 29th. How much of that is open to um, the public? 
Um, it's going to be mostly closed, okay. but when we do have the activations, which we will be announcing soon, um, there's going to be some activations on campus that will be wide open to the public. Okay. So um, I guess stay tuned for those announcements. But yes, we're, we we want to celebrate HBCUs, and we'll do that in a variety of fashions out there mm-hmm. um so yeah there will be we will invite everyone out there but in terms of the actual workouts that will be closed the nfl network cameras will be in there because they're going to show a bunch of that on the nfl network too okay. um but yeah there's going to be a, a lot of opportunities for our public to get out there our community to get out there and really celebrate um and be a part of it 2022 uh, Reese senior bowl is february 5th kickoff 1 30 p.m and our friends can watch it on NFL Network. That's right. Right? Yes. Um, does ESPN have anything to do with this? They do. They oh. they uh, have all three days of practice on ESPN. Okay. So the, their crew will be down there along with the NFL Network. So we'll have we'll have four hours of live practice on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we'll have the game on NFL Network Saturday, which is why I tell everybody this is the most visible event in the state of Alabama on a year right when, when you're talking about television eyeballs um, – mm. And whatever, I'm just doing my quick math. That's 12 hours of practice on ESPN and NFL Network, and then a game. Um, it is this is this is a, a really profile event for our mm-hmm. state. You've talked about how the pandemic has impacted, obviously last year and possibly this year, because each day is a different day. <laughs> right. But um, you know, in the past, there's been a uh, parade. Yeah. Um, is that on the itinerary? That is. That is. I'm glad you brought that up. I appreciate you bringing that up. <laughs> uh, that was the hard part about last year. Like we were very proud. We pulled the 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 practice and the game off last year during the pandemic. It's it's something. It was the only event during the during the pre-draft process for the NFL. I mean, they, they, the the NFL didn't even have a combine last year, so we did something that um, you know the NFL itself couldn't pull off. So we're very proud of that. But it, it didn't feel the same for for our for our team, um, and that's because we didn't have the community involvement. So yeah, we're bringing back the players' parade on Friday night downtown. We'll be going down Royal Street to Dolphin, and then up Dolphin to Cathedral Square. We've got Portugal the Man, who I know you play on the zoo <laughs> all the time. Um, they're going to be playing a free concert downtown so we're excited to bring them in um in two years ago when we started for the first time pre pre-covid um and there's like twenty thousand people downtown so we expect with word of mouth that that to grow this year mm-hmm. um and then the other event i'll bring up on tuesday um at the sanger theater we're having the senior bowl summit event espn's kirk herb street is going to host it um it's going to be a panel style event we have nick saban coming we have uh, brian harson the new auburn coach which I feel like that's a cool opportunity for our community to meet him because I don't I don't feel like people know Brian Harson as well. Um, and then like James Franklin from Penn State and Steve Sarkeesian from Texas and Mel Tucker from Michigan State. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be an awesome event. So you talk about Tuesday um, at the Sanger. Again, for a $25 to go in there and see Kirk Herbstreet and Nick Saban, a really cool opportunity. And then... Friday night with the parade and the concert, and then game day on Saturday. We're we're fired up about everything that's going on. It's like Mardi Gras times two, if you think about it. You have to pace yourself. There's a lot to do, right? <laughs> and memories to be made. That's right, for sure. You know what I really love, and again, I'm gonna go back to your website because it, it from a from a journalistic standpoint, it's always helpful if you can go digging and looking, you know, at the past and the present. But knowing the charitable giving that you're that you're a part of, it's not just all about the fun that we see, you know, right. uh, on the turf or on the field. It's about what you can do and give back to the community. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a huge key of what we're doing. Um, and one of our missions is to really touch every level of football in the community. Like we don't want to, you know, we really want to have that focus and bring it back to football. 
Um, and we do that through our NFL Flag League that we do in the fall. We do that through our Turkey Bowl event that we had out at, at Hancock Whitney this fall for the Youth Tackle Leagues because there's a lot of young kids growing up playing tackle football. Um, we got them in the stadium where the big boys get to play. And we, you know, with Mark Barron, who one of our city's greatest players ever, uh, partner with Mark, we, we gave away a thousand turkeys and mm-hmm. box meals with Feeding the Gulf Coast. Um, we started a thing this year called the Mobile Baldwin Athletic Partnership. And we went around, we, we gave away $5,000 grants to 10 different public schools this year for equipment needs. They used that for trailers. They used it for shoulder pads. They used it for pants. Um, we did, we did an equipment drop at a bunch of schools, you know, LaFleur being one that probably got the most publicity. Um, WKRG did a great piece on that, but LaFleur was having a tough year. You know, they lost a teammate. They had a, they had one of their their players, one of their teammates got shot and killed in the middle of the fall, in the mm-hmm. middle of their season. Mm-hmm. Um, so to be able to deliver pants and game jerseys and shoes was uh, was really was really great. So we do, we you know, and then to the golf event in the summer, we added a golf event in the summer this year, Senior Bowl Charities Golf Classic in June, um, and we gave twenty thousand dollars to Big Brothers Big Sisters. So um, we do. I mean, even though the game is in January and we're now, I guess, in February now, right? And we're excited about all we're doing game week. We really want to be a constant presence in the community. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, it's so important because, you know, you get tired of hearing stories about someone's really good in their hometown, but nobody hears about it or sees it. And then they go off somewhere and everybody wants to claim them. You're making sure to pour that love into these young people here so that they remember Mobile. They know Mobile. They want to do the same thing. And from a mirror standpoint and mirror what you're doing, it's, it's a true gift, I think. You did mention January and then went to February. Why did the game <laughs> shift months the game shifted because the NFL added a 17th game this year. Uh, and okay. so for us to stay inside the same calendar as them, which we always fall between the AFC and NFC championship games and the Super Bowl, there's always that that dead weekend. We fall right in there. So we just that's the reason why we had to push back. Is it okay to say that my Chiefs are going to do great? Can I just put that out there from your personal standpoint? <laughs> what are they, I mean, they've won like nine or ten in a row. They've, I know. They've won more games this year than I think I won in my four years there. So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's 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 why I was only there for years. <laughs> you probably speaking great juju to them. Uh, All right, so as we wrap up, um, I do I have the roster here, and I know that look, you treat these kids these, and they're not kids; they're grown men. But these players are like your children, where you love them all equally, right? I'm not going to ask you to pick your favorite, but I will ask you: Is there are there players to watch in each position that we really should keep our eyes on, not just for Senior Bowl week, but going into the NFL or or possibly CFL? Who knows? Uh, are there players that you really want us to? Um, um, keep our eyes on. Yeah, I'd say a couple different groups. One, the quarterback group. It's going to be really interesting this year. I think there's going to be there's six quarterbacks that the NFL all has like first roundish type grades on, and they're all at the top of the draft. And we're going to have five of the six in the game. Mm. Um, I think that probably the, the the highlight there is Kenny Pickett from Pitt who is a Heisman Trophy finalist, but uh, we could have five of the top six quarterbacks taken in this year's draft, which I don't know if that's ever happened. Um, and then, you know, you, you always talk about the Alabama-Auburn guys, so Brian Robinson and Phil Mathis from Alabama, two big stars for, for Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll bring it back locally. We've got four hometown guys in this year's game, which we're really excited about. We always like to have Mobilians in this game, but we also want it to, they want they need to, they need to deserve it. They need to earn it. That's right. Um, and this group earned it. These guys are all draftable level players. We have Roger McCreary from Auburn who went to Williamson. We have Valus Jones who went to Sarah Land who played at Tennessee this past year. 
Jalen Tolbert right here in our backyard at South Alabama went to McGill, and then Neil Farrell from Murphy who went to LSU. So that's four guys that played high school football in the area that are coming home to play one last game. Um, and again, I hope the community gets behind that and comes out and supports these guys. I know they're excited. Um, they, I mean, they've all told me like, Jim, this has been a dream of mine. Um, so they're fired up. So I hope all these communities, especially those four high schools, I hope that, uh, they come out on game day and I hope there's a Murphy section. I hope there's a Sarah Land section. See, there you go. Uh, yeah. I think it'd be a ton of fun. You're starting a tradition and I like it. I like it. Uh, Of all the, um, uh, letters that you sent or, or phone calls that you made or emails that you sent to let a, a kid know, Hey, you know, you're invited. What, what's the one experience that stood out this year? Which player? Uh, gosh, there was a couple. I got on a few planes this year and went out to some, made some visits to some schools with one of our, our sponsors, Walk-Ons, who's, uh-huh. who's our new, our, our new practice sponsor. Um, but I, you know, some of the, some of the local guys like Valus Jones, um, you know, from Sarah Land, we, we'd invited one of his teammates named Alante Taylor earlier in the process. Uh-huh. Um, and I found out that Alante and Valus were best friends and roommates. So I called, I, when we got to the point where we were going to invite Velas, I called Alante. I'm like, hey, man, can you keep a secret? And he was like, yeah, I can keep a secret. What's up? And I'm like, you're going to do this. You're going you're gonna to be the one to invite him. So the great thing was Tennessee. I mean, this, this whole Senior Bowl inv- invite process has really taken on a life of its own over the last three or four years. So like the Tennessee production team orchestrated this thing, and it was incredible where Alante comes in. Velas is watching tape in, a, in the wide receiver meeting room, and Alante comes in with a senior bowl box with his hat in it and his invite. Um, and those two share a special moment. And, a lot, and you know, Velas is on the like the verge of tears. That one was really special. Jim and his crew taking great care of our city. Check them out and support local, of course. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Have a great Sunday. See you back here, same time, same place, next week. Tune in every Sunday for 251 Now with Kelly Finley, presented by Spring Hill College and the Mobile County Health Department, 730 to 8 a.m., right here on The Sound of Mobile.